This is episode number 473 with Susie Yaloff Schwartz. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Oh, I love the topic we're about to cover today. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. It's about the power of meditation and not just anyone's coming on. We've got Susie Yolof Schwartz, who was a fashion editor and makeover guru that worked at Vogue, Elle, Marie Claire, and Glamour Magazine with regular appearances on GMA, The Today Show, CBS Early Show, and many more. She was the queen of this for many years. And in 2012, she learned a three-minute meditation that turned her world upside down and changed her life forever. Once she got the meditation bug, she was on a mission to keep it going. And after taking hundreds of hours of classes and courses, reading every book possible and listening to every podcast, lecture, and more from the world's most famous meditation teachers, she realized that meditation needed a makeover, and she was the one to do it. Now, she is the founder of the first meditation studio here in the U.S. It's called Unplug Meditation, and she's also the author of the new book called Unplug a simple guide to meditation for busy skeptics and modern soul seekers. Now, Susie was extremely skeptic of this and was a go, go, go hustle mentality worker in New York City. A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And in this interview, we talk about the story of how she went from a popular fashion stylist to a meditation studio owner and what that transition looked like. Also, how to get mainstream press when you're just starting out with your business because Susie has done that incredibly with her business, been everywhere. Who meditation is for and who it's not for. What actually happens in our brains when we meditate. And a simple meditation you can do the next time you're stuck in traffic. This and so much more. Before we dive in, I want to share our iTunes review of the week. And this is from Maribel19, who says, I'm currently transitioning from the Army after 20 years of service as a human resources technician. I've been having a hard time finding a job as a civilian and was even thinking about downgrading my experience to match my reality. After hearing your Upgrade Your Beliefs episode, it was literally like a wake-up call to be creative, to break my mind free of my limiting beliefs and the fixed mindset. It was exactly what I needed to hear. Don't downgrade your dreams to match your reality. Upgrade your belief to match your dreams. So Maribel19, thank you so much for your service to the country and for the review of the week. It means a lot to me, and I hope to continue to hear about how you're progressing in your career and on your dreams. Thank you so much. All right, guys, this is a good one. Make sure to share with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 473. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Susie. Yalof Schwartz. 
Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Excited about our guest today, Susie Yaloff Schwartz in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Feeling good, Lewis. Yes, yes. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? I've one? heard it a lot. I've heard it a lot. Uh, you've got a new book out called Unplug. Make sure you guys pick this up right now. It's a simple guide to meditation for busy skeptics and modern soul seekers. Now, you used to be in the fashion world, correct? Correct. What were all your different titles and the places that you worked at, the big fancy places in, in oh, New York? Okay, well, you know the movie The Devil Wears Prada? Uh-huh. That's kind of was my start. So I started at Vogue magazine as an assistant accessories editor. Really? So it's I- based off of you. No. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me. Uh, The good news was we didn't have cell phones that day. Mm, That was the only thing. It would have been nuts, right? It was nuts. And it was fun. I mean, I loved, I loved working at Vogue. And we were there for the 100th anniversary. It was amazing. It's an amazing magazine. Um, And then I went to Elle Magazine as accessories director. And then I went to Marie Claire before they launched Marie Claire in the U.S. And I was there for two and a half years. And then Glamour called me. And I went to Glamour, and I was there for 14 and a half years. And there I was, market director covering New York, Paris, and Milan. And then I became the fashion director, and then I became the fashion editor at large. And when I was, then I started getting into television. And then I started doing Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Oprah Show, doing makeovers. Yeah. And doing, You're like the makeover queen, right? You're, I was. Yeah. It was funny because... I don't remember what year it was, but the New York Times came and they, this was, and the reason why this whole thing happened actually was because at Glamour Magazine, they used to put swimsuits on mannequins to show this is good for your bust. This is good to slim you down. And I'm like, let's show them on the real people Mm because we were trying them on the real people. I'm like, look at what she looks like here. And now look at what she looks like there. And they're like, that's amazing. Next thing I know, I'm on the Oprah Winfrey show with Tyra Banks and Oprah in the Bahamas doing before and after makeovers. For both of them? For no, we for, for their, the show. Okay, gotcha. And then in Atlantis, and then after that, the New York Times picked it up, and the woman picked up her camera, and she said, "Just so you know, after I take this picture, everything's going to change." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" Of you, of me, and I. She said, "Just trust me. When I take this picture, your whole life is going to change." Wow. So she took this picture. They called me the fairy godmother of makeovers, and then I literally it did change. I did makeovers for the next fourteen years of my life. No way. And I was basically doing, I mean, I did them at the Westminster Dog Show. I did them, I made over a rabbi. For dogs? Synagogue chic. <laughs> no, I, I had the owners try to look as good as their dogs. No way. Because these dogs, I mean, have you ever They're been to They're unbelievable. That yeah. yeah, yeah. But the owners, the owners are yeah, kinda... they could use a little help. <laughs> yeah. So we went down there, even wow. though I was allergic to dogs, and I totally <laughs> made over all of the, you know, it was pretty cool. Yeah, wow. so I mean, basically, I had a dream job. It 14 awesome. years, the fairy godmother of makeovers. Did it ever get tiring or boring or old? No, because, you know, I love potential, just like you do, Lewis. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing something one way and then seeing the best it could possibly be. So, like, for me, I was Mm -hmm. able to hire the top makeup artist, hire, you know, the Serge Normand, the hairdresser, then get in, you know, clothes from Louis Vuitton and style them with the best photographer ever. So they saw the best they could ever look in their life. And for me, that was, it gave me pleasure. It was yeah. fun. And they had fun and it was fun. They I, felt good. Yeah. And it felt was, good. It was, it was fun. Amazing. 14 years. Okay. And what happened after that? Why did you end this 14 year dream job? Well, I had three children in Manhattan and my husband. That's a tough life right there. It was a good life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> three kids in Manhattan. <laughs> I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, my husband 
wanted to move to Los Angeles. He had always like wanted mm-hmm. to be near a golf course because he plays golf. And this amazing job. Well, what really happened was I was doing Robin Roberts. I was doing her outfit for the Oscars. I was dressing her for the Oscars. And I went to go visit my friend Joe Flanagan. And he had three kids playing in a field in Malibu. I'm like, Flanagan's kids are playing in a field in Malibu. Our kids are climbing up the walls. And he was like, oh, you would move to L.A.? And I'm like, maybe. And then out of the blue, he got a call to work for like the biggest man in Los Angeles Mm. and to run his finances. And he's like, we should just do it. He's like, let's be adventurous. He was doing finance in New York. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let's be adventurous. Let's just pick up everything. Just pack a suitcase for the boys and let's go. Wow. How long were you in New York for? I was in New York my whole life. You grew up there. I was born in Manhattan, grew up in New Jersey, wow. moved back to Manhattan in 89, and I was there until 2010. Wow. And Your whole like, life, and then yeah. you decided to come out here. And he was like, let's just do it. Let's be adventurous. So I was like, you know what? Okay, you're daring me. I'm in. <laughs> and so I did it, and it was fun. I, w- I decided when I moved here that I wasn't going to compare New York to Los Angeles, it's, and I was just going to love it, even yeah. if I didn't love it. I was yeah. going to mentally convince myself that I did. The first year I moved from New York City, I was only there for a year and a half, and I fell in love like hard. I was like, every moment I was outside, it was just like, this is incredible. I was like a kid at a candy store every right. time I went out the door. Right. And just like the feeling of possibilities and the energy and just the people, I was like, this is a magic. Right. Every block was magic to me. And then when I moved out here the first year, I was like, it doesn't have that same magic. But I started to love it as well in a different way, so... You were good at not comparing too much, but I compared it every day for the first year. I was like, this place sucks compared to New York. And, <laughs> right. But now I'm in love with it. So you yeah. just got to learn learn how to learn how to love it, I think. Um, so you moved out here in 2010. Right. And then you didn't have a job. You quit your job or were you still doing I quit job? my job because I wanted to kind of settle in my three boys. And then mm-hmm. my husband was starting his new job. And what happened was I got a call from Lord & Taylor to do their taxi TV commercials. So I don't know if you were ever in New York and saw those, but I was like, hey, you. Which commercial? Driver, take us to Lord & Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay. did those for a long time. And then I was so stressed from going back and forth that my mother-in-law was like, you need to breathe. Mm. So she did this three-minute exercise with me. Close your eyes. Slow down your breath. Imagine you're in Jamaica. And I opened my eyes. I'm like, what was that? That was amazing. And she said, oh, that's meditation. You should learn how to meditate. I'm like, okay. So when I moved back to Los Angeles, I'm like, places to meditate in Los Angeles. Oh, this $1,400 course. Oh, I have to go at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night for two hours and who knows where. Oh, strange guy's apartment. Oh, Buddhist (laughs) temple. I'm like, where's the tri bar of meditation where you're like, go in 30 minutes later, you feel better. I'm like, New York, Paris, Milan. (laughs) Cha-ching. <laughs> and I said to my husband, I have this great business idea. I'm going to quit fashion and open up a meditation studio. Wow. He's like, you should really learn how to meditate. So you didn't know how to meditate yet. I, not really, you just no. did like a no, couple sessions the idea, with your mom. Like, I did, learned from her. I saw how inconvenient it was. Yeah, the idea came before the practice. Mm. And then you said, okay, let me learn all these different meditation styles or what well so i wanted to learn every single style because mark said if you're going to open up a meditation studio you need to know every single kind of meditation so i kept comparing them to my mother-in-law 
it's three minutes. I'm like, well, why does this have to be so long? An hour, and, ten days. Yeah, why you know, am I spending four days, days when? Yeah. And at the end of each thing, because I was a producer and worked with Good Morning America, and you know, figured out producing for Glamour a lot, I realized that you. In a television segment, you have to sum everything up into five minutes. Yeah, or less, right? Actually, two and a mm. half or four. four. Like five is if you are really lucky, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wait, how can I sum up everything everybody's saying in four minutes? And I realized that there was a formula in meditation that was the basic foundation for every single kind of meditation mm. that there is. Step one, focus on a single point. Step two, let it go and just expand now. Be in the present moment. Expand it as long as you can. Step three, brain hike. You have 50,000 brain hikes a day, by the way. And then you just bring it back to a single point of focus. And it's the thinking and the redirecting the thought to the single point of focus that's like brain conditioning. That's the curl you do for your brain. Mm. And that's it. That's the basis. Yeah. It's basically that in every single style. And I've spoken to every teacher and at the end I'm always like so basically step one step two step three and they're like yeah yeah they have all their own little flair or style or yes. music or guided or not guided or whatever chanting or humming or something right well, everyone's got their own again so chanting would be step one yeah home or focusing on a mantra aham 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 or focusing on my breath or smelling a flower, mm-hmm. or moving my hands. All the same thing. That's mm-hmm. step one. So every style can be like put into that camp. Yeah. Yeah. So you decided to master it. How long were you doing this for? Like a year before? Well, what happened was, so I was kind of working in fashion at the same time that oh. I was doing this. Yeah. So I would get calls from Good Morning America to talk about what the princess um What's the new friend, the woman who's married to Kate, Kate. what Kate Middleton was wearing. So Uh every day they would come to my house and like film me talking about what Kate Middleton was wearing in (laughs) my, yeah, in LA. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, And then finally I'm like, I can, I'm going to UCLA to take the UCLA six week Mark program or I can, I'm doing a, you know, Vedic program here in West Hollywood. I was so busy taking all these classes that I actually (laughs) couldn't do anything. Sure. And then what I noticed was... I didn't really care about fashion anymore. But what I did care about was learning about sound baths, learning about crystals, learning about aromatherapy. You were get, a true LA Learning person. about mantra. I totally went <laughs> you LA. LA. <laughs> People you were like, in, oh. You might as well live in Venice. Right, yeah. exactly. They're like, don't go LA when you go out there. And I like could not have gone more LA. So uh, wait, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it all happened. That's cool. Um, and so when were you like, okay, this is happening. I'm going to create like the yoga studios of meditation or when the thought first occurred. Okay. So when I told you I had that, like it's happening, ding dong moment. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, and then I couldn't stop. Mm. And then I became obsessed. obsessed. Like when you're into something, it's hard. you could be the most boring person on the planet earth. Cause all you want to do is talk about that That's thing it. and you're really into it. And I was meeting people whose lives were just transforming. And then I was noticing that my life was transforming. And then I was getting into the fashion of it too. Like this teacher's hot, not hot, like looking, but like everybody's going with this teacher or 
um, you know, trend. Yeah. what do I want the studio to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, because I used to do stuff with Domino Magazine. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be white on white on white. And then what do I want the products to look like? And how is it going to feel when you walk into the room? Like, so when you walk into the door, you're bombarded mm. by the smells amazing. It looks amazing. Mm. The sound of the music chills your brain out. Mm. And then the lighting just like changes everything. And then the teachers are epic. I mean, we have the best teachers. Yeah. Well, so, it's the only place to go. Yeah. Well, there's actually <laughs> other places to go. Now I, there's other I, studios. There are other up, right? studios and they're all good. And yeah, I yeah. think like the more people doing this, the better. Yeah. That's the goal. I mean, what was it? Like 15, 20 years ago, it was like, you know, yoga. Stu- there was probably like 10 yoga studios right. in the US or something. I don't know the number, but right. probably around, you know, I remember Jonathan Fields. You know who he is? No. He's another podcaster, author. And he had a yoga studio that opened up the day um, before 9-11 in New York City. Oh, gosh. So the day before, day after, like one of those. It's like He opened it up and then that happened. He was oh, like, wow. uh, what do I do now? But he actually found that it was a great place for people to come and heal right. from 9-11 in the city. But there weren't many yoga studios back then. Right. You know, um, like well, there is now, yeah. right? They're like on every block, like a Starbucks. Right. And it's... You know, I see meditation, and I'm sure you do. That's why you're like, this is happening as the trend. In India, when I went there to study at One World Academy, mm-hmm. they were telling me that one of the teachers there used to be on TV with like a million people watching every afternoon for like an hour just meditating with the teacher. Right. It's like a normal thing on cable TV over there. Right. I was like, this is mind-blowing. But it seems like we've taken over these practices that they've been doing for, you know, right. hundreds or thousands of years that we're starting to, to implement. Is that right? Yeah. And... You know, when I started, I reached out to this teacher named Steve Ross, who has his own yoga studio, and he was known by so many. I mean, I, you can, we can't even fit the amount of people who want to go into mm. his class at our studio. And he was just like, we have to chant mantras in this space. And when I told him my idea, he's like, I'm in, whatever you need. Let's mm. just make this happen. Because nobody ever had, I guess, the guts to just open up a place where you don't just do meditation. anything but meditate. No yoga and meditation, yeah. but yeah. People have probably thought about it before, yeah. but nobody did it. Yeah. So too risky. all the teachers who had nowhere to go actually for this were just so supportive. I mean, everybody was so nice. I'm sure. It's the nicest like, industry give ever. Pla- give me a place to teach, right? Right. It's not like fashion where they're competitive. Yeah. yeah, no, this place is the opposite. Wow. This business is like And so how many teach so you open so from the moment you thought about it to when did you open it up? I thought about it November of twenty twelve and then I opened it up April of twenty fourteen. Okay. And so a year and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then now I have about 36 teachers and we're expanding. We're going to open up one in Hollywood soon. Amazing. I think Hopefully that you should Hollywood. teach there now that you're a certified meditation instructor. <laughs> make it happen near me. I will make it Hollywood. happen. I have, a, I have a spot. Hopefully that'll happen. You should happen. do it. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to expand. Yep. Um, what was the first few months like for you? Was it scary to try to figure out how to get people in the door and like, you know, rent's expensive in Santa Monica? What was that like? I was never scared. I started with a certain amount of money that I knew I could lose. Yeah. I'm like, this is Six the amount months, of money yeah. that if I lose it, then it would suck. But at least I would not be out on the street. Yeah. And that was it. And my husband's like, this is all you get. Make it happen. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I show up and I didn't plan. I jumped. And that was probably not the wisest thing to do. I mean, I had like a week business plan, but I didn't really fully plan. Mm -hmm. And so the second that I opened up the studio, I was by myself alone with the teacher for months on end. No one showed up? No. 
It was me. And I'm like, where's everybody? All my friends who said they were going to come and all these people that said they would be there. Like we had a party. Everybody showed up. But then when it came time to like pay to take a meditation, crickets. Really? And finally, I'm like meditating seven times a day. I'm like, (laughs) I can't do it anymore. I'm like, I don't want to hurt your feelings because nobody's showing up for your class. But like, no. And what happened was this guy came into my life and he's like, you don't have any intro offer. Like you got to cook them. You've got to start them off with an intro offer and then they're going to want to get their money's worth and then they'll get into it and then they'll become members or they'll come. And it was that little thing that shifted everything. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm. What was that? What was that hook? That was September. I was like a one month unlimited for $40. Oh, like a you. yoga thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Which of course so I didn't, didn't know. No, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I just did. Mm-hmm. That's a thing I just did. But I, you asked me if I was afraid or no, I've never felt fear because I honestly felt this was going to be the biggest thing ever. It was going to work out. But I'm an optimist like that. Yeah. But I've always few, been that After way. a few months of knowing coming, though, you were still like, oh, people are going to show up eventually. I still really knew it. Wow. I, I had a knowing. Well, luckily, you were listening to the guy who gave you the recommendation. <laughs> so you started this offer, and then people started to come? Or? I started to come, and then they started to fly from all over the world, like Japan and Everybody started hearing about it. Vogue covered it. New York Times wrote mm. about it. We were in on Good Morning America on the Today Show. Like really? all of a sudden, people were like, "This is the new brain gym." Vogue wrote that. Equinox even did a story on us. So Amazing. all of a sudden, everybody started hearing about it. And since I'm a journalist, all my friends work in publishing. They're like, "That's, That's so nice. cool! I'm going to write about that." Amazing. So, do you think getting the press helped with the membership? I think getting the press helped get people there. Yeah, You know, we were in Goop and we were in the LA Times the exact same day. And that was one of the most interesting days because the people that came in from Goop were all like these young, gorgeous, amazing fashionistas. And the people that came in from the LA Times were intellectuals. And it was just an interesting day that day. (laughs) And that was kind of the start of all. And that was 2014. So yeah, I would say that was starting in September, all the glossies and all the magazines started coming out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now it's been, what, four years? Is that right? Nope, three. Three years uh-huh. since you launched. Right. And I don't know if this stuff is public or not, but do you have, how many members do you have or how many people are coming through every week or is there like a... We have about 5,500 visits a month. Amazing. That's amazing. Visits. Could yeah. Could be the same people, person, yeah. times, yep. whatever, yeah. Right. And so we have That's like great. over 300 members and sure. we have people that are on the 10-pack and the 5-pack. Yeah. Like we make and, it easy. Yeah. So, you know... Some people don't want to be members. Yeah. They just don't have time or they're traveling between New York and LA. Or, right. So, and some people like to pay for like the full price for a single. So they'll just do that. Some people buy 10 pack, mm. five pack. I mean, so 
We've got a lot of people coming That's in. That's cool. And it feels like a party every hour on the hour because it's about 25 plus people. Mm-hmm. So you just meet all these interesting, and they have nothing in common. Like nothing. <laughs> Except for meditation. Except for meditation. They're the class together. Yeah. So you have this like Auschwitz survivor who's 96 mm. years old. And then you have someone who's like 23 years old and working in the tech industry. Right. And then you have a stressed out mommy and a lawyer who's working upstairs. And the psychiatrist's patient that comes because they're, they've are they been told that this will help the cancer patient, the pain patient. So it's just, you know, hipsters. Mm. It's a, It's like an open house party. And you never know what you're going to get. That's cool. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far in starting like a, a new concept, you know, spa- a retail space, which is challenging? What's been the, what's been that no one's ever done before? Well, so everything I've been doing has not been done before. But the challenging part is like trying to do all the things that are in my head. I have get it out of your a head. million ideas. Right, and you. I'm actually doing them but i can't do them quickly enough enough. (laughs) and so to me that's the biggest challenge because i have three kids and a family and a husband that i'm keeping forever Mm -hmm. um i have to know i have priorities and i have they're split so i try to be present when i'm at work i'm at work when and meditations definitely help me with that yeah when i'm at home and i'm I'm at home Mm -hmm. but because of the time limitations of that i'm unable to achieve everything in my brain than I would like to. Yeah. But I'm I'm making a lot of progress. You have been. And I decide to jump in and then improve. Right. Instead of supposed to wait. analyze yeah. and wait I don't for do the that. perfect time. Yeah. Me either. That's a school of greatness too. Like yeah. um that's a question I have for you, Lewis, mm-hmm. is you know, how do people do that? How do people do it? How do you do that? How do I do uh, yeah. get it out of my head and launch or get what? it out of your head, execute and you know, you've done a lot. Yeah, it's been fun. I think, uh, you know, I like to strategize and research something for years. Like, for example, this book. Um, I was like, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I don't want to just write a book and put it out there. Mm -hmm. So I was creating other things along the way, but I was researching and breaking down every New York Times bestseller campaign for Mm -hmm. five years. Wow. I would study the authors. I would I would research. I would ask them questions about it. I would just watch how they did it and reverse engineer it. So the time that I was ready which I still felt like I was a little bit before my time being fully ready as like a writer. I wasn't really like a trained writer. Right. Um, but I felt like I'd done the research enough to know what it takes. And I was like willing to do whatever it took. So, but for me, I'm always launching. Did stuff. it work? Yeah. New York times yeah, bestseller. Yeah. It was That's fun. so awesome. That's not an easy thing to do by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's impressive. It's been fun. But who, what is, um, who is meditation for and who is it not for in your mind? Um, it's not for anyone. Like everybody can meditate. If you can breathe, you can meditate. And if you are breathing, you should meditate, in my opinion. I think everyone should. I think everybody should. And you know, here's the thing. Like we're so hooked on our devices now. Mm-hmm. Meditation is what we, the way that, I don't know if you grew up like this, but I used to go and I would sit in the field and chill. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Play basketball, play frisbee in the grass. Yeah, or, yeah. and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Nobody hangs out anymore. They're either hooked on the device or they're actually doing something to stimulate themselves, yeah. like sports or whatever. 
So for me, I think that meditation should be in every single classroom starting in kindergarten and it's already starting, mm-hmm. but I believe that's going to happen in the next five years. And I think it's great for kids because there's a lot of anxious kids out there yeah. because of the internet. So I think starting there would be a great way to just blanket the whole world. Yeah. Or just video games that they're on all the time or whatever. Any device. Right. They're doing it in Ohio now. Do you know that? I know. Tim Ryan Isn't is amazing? implementing it in, in schools in Ohio. I think yeah. it's smart. I think that's the beginning. I think mm. it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. So I think they should be doing it. I think anyone who has an illness should be doing it. Mm. I think anyone who has stress. And here's the thing. Like stress can kill you. So meditation can save your life. Because meditation deletes stress. That's it. So anyone with stress or anxiety or... Yeah. I like going into a room saying, if you've ever experienced stress, raise your hand. And <laughs> by the way, everybody's... Everyone. So then yeah. those are all my clients. Yeah. And meditation really for me is just taking a moment to breathe. Right. And let go of the obsessive self-centric thinking or the fear that's consuming, that creates the stress. Mm-hmm. When we let go of that fear, we're much more calm. Right. But we have so many more fears today now than ever with all the... You know, the reactions to all the devices we have, all the things we're taking on, it's a lot more stressful because of those fears. So right. for me, that's why I think, you know, this this morning, I do it every morning for about t- 10 to 14 minutes, depending on how long I go for. But mm-hmm. for me, I just feel so much more calm and intentional throughout my day when I do it. Right. And I talk about meditation a lot on this show, and I think people are probably like sick of me beating it down their throats. But for me, it's like a game changer. Right. And... I don't feel like it's an option to not do it. Right. I feel like it's a must if you want to be reach your peak performance right. or be an optimal human being mm-hmm. or strive for some type of optimal level of existence in my mind. Unless you're able to be calm and stress-free without it, awesome. Right. But I feel like if you have a dream or some type of passion or some type of hunger to create something in your life right. or to take a risk and be in a relationship or whatever it may be, there's going to be some type of conflict. And if you're on, uh, and if you're not making sure that you're practicing being calm in that conflict, then it's going to be a challenging experience. So that's why I think it's necessary. And when I started doing it in college, actually for sports, right. I used to be like really nervous and stressed out all the time with, with games coming up. When I started doing it, I felt like I was, almost like in control of the whole game. It was like I was looking at myself from above and it was like I was just playing with everyone else in the field or in the court. And things just started to become so easy. Like my vision was so clear. Right. I could see where the players were to go and how to score. Like before it happened. And it's because I was just practicing meditation and calming down as opposed to being in fear. I think that's important to think about. And also you were 100% present. And that is the gift. I think people are turned off by the word meditation. And I love this teacher. I love this teacher, David G. He's like, look, when I go into the military, I call it tactical breath. When I go into the schools, I call it mindfulness. And when I go into the Buddhist temples, I call it meditation. Uh So it's the same thing. People don't understand. It's really a technique of just centering and focusing and getting present. And that's a weird thing is we're always in the now. Yeah. But like, our brain is dragging us out of the now all the time. So it's time to take back your brain mm-hmm. and just live your life as it's happening because that's where all the good stuff is. And that's kind of what I talk about in the Unplugged book is getting to where everything's good and everything's good in the present moment, like right now. That's I'm having it. a great time with you, Liz. Uh, me too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as an athlete, it's again, it's all about framing and kind of marketing it. You know, as an athlete, you want to talk about meditation, you talk about getting in the zone. Like how do I reach the zone? 
so that I can achieve my goal right. and be the best athlete. Well, to get in the zone, you got to be present. Mm-hmm. So how do we activate that right now? Well, you got to let go of the fears or the other things, the mistakes that you're potentially going to make or who's watching or whatever's happening. You got to focus on the moment and the play right now. And that's meditation. Right. That's just focusing, slowing down your breath, signals to your brain, everything's okay, mm-hmm. and it helps you get present. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. We should call, instead of calling it meditation, we should just call it the zone. That's it. Yeah. And if you called it the zone, then everybody would be doing They'd it. They'd be doing it, yeah. So let's just do the call zone. Call it the zone. Get the zone. <laughs> Oops, okay. I'm going to have to change the, <laughs> when it's in the fourth it's, sprinting. Yeah, it's funny. I, ha- I interviewed, um, actually, this author here, Jim Afromo, the champion mind, champion's mind. He's a sports psychologist Mm -hmm. and um, talks a lot about meditation in in the book and he says with athletes you know in practice you want to try to kind of amp yourself up to be more present but when you're in a game you have so much uh, anxiety or intensity already that you want to try to like slow your breathing down like when you're in the game so you can be more present because if you're so like amped up in the game you're going to be tight you're going to be stressed and you want to kind of slow down the breath and let things come to you in sports um but yeah, I mean, meditation is everything for athletes, for musicians, for, for CEOs. CEOs, because yeah. CEOs, you have to make serious decisions, and if you're coming from an emotional place, they're not going to be good ones. Yeah. But if you're coming from a let me slow down, let me press my inner pause button, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Let me press play and let me go. That's it. And I do that every day, and people say, "When do you meditate?" I'm meditating all the time. I'm meditating now. Yeah. I'm in it. Home. No, I'm <laughs> so what else is uh, in the book that we should know about? What does this guide really do? Oh, wow. Okay. So for anyone, first of all, this was really made because I get the same question all the time. What's the best book to start off meditation? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great books of out there, but most of them are one direction. So mm-hmm. it's either mindfulness or, medi- mind- or mantra-based meditation or guided imagery. But this kind of covers all of them in a very simple way. Mm-hmm. So in this book, you're going to start off with what is meditation? Why should I be doing it? How do I do it? And then 15 practices to actually do it. Mm. Starting at one minute, doing those for a week, and then bringing it to like five minutes to 10 minutes, and then basta, you're done. And after you read the book, we have an app. So if you want to learn from the best teachers, you can go on the Unplug Meditation app and actually click and play and there's nothing else on that app. You just click mm-hmm. it and play it and do these meditations or other meditations. My Some of my favorite are the guided imagery meditations, yeah. which are not about curing stress. They're really about finding your purpose in life, mm. achieving your dreams, knowing what people you should let go of, what things you should cultivate. They're so interesting. I mean, they're like going to the movie of your life. One of them is called Your Ideal Life. This guy's name is Johnny O'Callaghan. And he guides you into a movie theater. And the movie theater opens. Mm. And there you are, Lewis, in your ideal life. And you, mine was not what I thought my ideal life was. I'm like throwing a dinner party and having fun, not working, not doing I would just like <laughs> hang out with my friends. Yeah. So, I mean, you can discover, one, how to pause, how to be present, how to be happy, how to get centered, and then how to find what you want to do in your life, all in about 200 pages. And by the way, we say you could skip to page 99 if you just want to get to the meat. The beginning is a science simplified. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how age um, meditation slows down aging because mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite facts. 25, your brain's at peak, and then it declines after that period. 
And what they've done is a study of people who are over the age of 55 Mm. who start practicing meditation 28 minutes a day for eight weeks. And their brain became the same sharpness as the 25-year-old. And Sarah Lazar on our website, um, she has a TED Talk also that we feature on our website. She shows the before and after MRIs of the brain based on her study at Harvard Medical in Massachusetts. It's pretty amazing. So So meditation is anti-aging. Yeah. And by the way, like you get wrinkles when you're like, "Eh," but when you're not stressing, Mm. like... You look like you're 30. And I'm 50, and I have no Botox or any of that. It's crazy. Your, fa- your skin is like so clear, and there's no wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. because I'm not freaking out. Mm. Because when I do freak out, and by the way, like things amp me up, but I'm able to be like, mm. it's okay. It's all cool. Amazing. Okay, move forward. Amazing. My kids are like, just breathe, Mom. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how, now you're in trouble. <laughs> how often do you stress out right now? With all the meditation you do, practicing every day, in the classes, and talking about it all the time, do you well, stress out? Well, like, I stress out every day because I have three kids and I have to, like, get them <laughs> out of the house. So it starts there. But then I calm myself down mm. and then I do step one. And then I might, like, go to work and there'll be, like, a hundred people coming at me and I'll feel like, I can only do what I can do. You know, so I stress out, but I quickly, you know, regroup. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm not, I might be stressing out, but I'm not doing it for long periods of time. Yeah. It's never over a minute. Sure. That's good. Yeah. And you're aware of it and you're like, okay, calm yeah. down. So as the the person who's studied all the different meditation techniques, with been with all the best teachers in the world, you've practiced it with everyone, you've right. gotten the best insights. What's the practice for you in the morning or at night um, that you do with yourself? Okay. Olivia Rosewood says that there are more ways to meditate than there are to make an egg. And I love all of them. And I have to say, I do all of them. So I will wake up sometimes and just do a breathing exercise. I will wake up sometimes and use one of my 60 mantras that I have. 60? I have 60 at this point. Wow. I have more mantras than I do shoes. And wow. I was a fashion editor. <laughs> um, so, or I will do a gratitude practice, with I, which I love. It depends how I want to feel. So... Every morning, I would say, I really just do a breathing exercise. And that is a solid, like, 10. Mm, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Yeah. Just so, breathing. Just breathing. 10 minutes. Then I try to hit a class, or I'm filming all these classes all the time, mm. so I'm going through them. So I might see my inner child, or I might see my future self. Or I might just do a three-center uh, three check-in. You know, so I don't know what, what meditation I'm going to be doing. It's always a surprise. Wow. So, and then I will breathe periodically throughout the day. I like the traffic meditation that's in this one. What's that? It's basically A, it's an ABC meditation. A, attention to the road. Eyes open, you're focused, it's now. B, body scan. So I feel my feet on the ground, my rear in the seat, my hands on the steering wheel. And then C, I consciously connect with my breath. And then I'm like, I just close one in and I'm stuck in traffic. So mm-hmm. like traffic to me is great. Wow. It's another opportunity. It's therapeutic as opposed to traumatic. Never <laughs> stressing about traffic. I don't do that. Right, right. Wow, that's great. Well, most people do here in LA. You know, the podcast School of Greatness started because of stress and traffic for me. Really? It did. My first year I was here, I was driving around. I can't remember which highway, but everyone was like stressed around me. It was traffic. It was stopped. And... People were screaming and honking and flipping people off. And I was like, people are really stressed out out here and pissed off and unhappy. 
I want to create something where they can listen in the traffic and feel inspired as opposed to stressed. And that's how the catalyst, that was the catalyst for me. That's amazing. I like it's funny, I heard about you because um, Lauren Ekstrom, who's one of our incredible teachers, said she listens to your podcast on her drive because she's driving from the valley all the time. There you go. And I'm like, I want to hear it. And then <laughs> if she likes it, I'm going to like it. So sure. yeah. that's how I discovered you and I listen to you in my car. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank it's fun. You. That's fun. Um, what else do we need to know about meditation? Anything else? Well, one is you can do it. Two is the three things, the hurdles I think I told you about mm -hmm. that don't exist. So, and making time, like just waking up yeah. and getting it done. And if you just wake up and did 10 minutes every day, two weeks from now, you would see your brain change. Even though the science doesn't back it up, I've actually seen it in my studios. So I mm. see people changing in two weeks. The their, their physical appearance changes, their energy. Their attitude. Yeah. So there is this, it's like a jar that we fill with glitter and water in a mason jar. And we kind of say, your mind is a jar and the glitter represents your brain. And then we shake it up and we say, this is what your brain looks like when you're stressed or angry. And then as you notice, everything settles and becomes clear again when you breathe. Your thoughts and your feelings are still there, but everything becomes clear when you breathe. So if people just took the time to get in the zone, then I think the world would be a much better place. And I think this book is a foundation mm. for that. I feel like the Unplugged book is your great go-to to just start and make it happen for yourself. Mm. What's your vision for the future of this? You going to have studios all over the place or what do you think the trend is going to be in the future? If I was going to be honest with myself when I started and I, my son has this huge map in his room and I'd say, oh, there's going to be one in Tokyo. There's going to be one in Paris. There's going to be one in Milan. There's going to be one in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. I mean, my dream and my vision is to go big because that's just the way I go. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to see that. I would love the app is already being seen in 35 different countries and used in 35 different amazing. countries. And we just launched it a month ago. Wow. That's amazing, right? It's amazing. Um, the book is going to be published in 14 different languages on top of being in the U.S. So I guess I want to just touch as many people as possible and get them to meditate Yeah. for themselves. Because I would say and this is a fashion term, haute couture, which is clothing that's made specifically for you. It's super expensive, but it's like couture. This is couture because meditation is for you. You're an athlete. Mm -hmm. You need to focus. You use it. For me, I'm a stressed out mom, an entrepreneur. I need to calm myself down and get centered and focused. For you know, a pain patient, they use it to get away from pain. For people with anxiety or panic attacks, like it works up for panic attacks, like, really well mm. they just press their pause button and breathe so it works for everyone and there's no negative side effects yeah i just want everybody to do this for them that's my goal that's great i love it and then who knows what my next thing will be <laughs> right yeah i hear uh, you yeah well it's powerful i'm so glad that you you started this in la i know it's needed and i know when i went to the class people were just like such a peace and I saw different business people there and moms and everyone else who was feeling stressed out and when they left they feel like it's such a peaceful calm and they can go back to their day you know with more clear intentions so I'm excited for what you're creating and hopefully I'll do a class I'll teach a class one of these yes, days yes you would be great now that now. you are a certified exactly. meditation instructor Liz. I'll have to practice now um, a few final questions for you uh, one is what are you most grateful for recently I would say my husband I'm most grateful for him. 
He helped me have three children. Mm -hmm. He is always there for me. He's just, he's awesome. I would say my husband, I'm the most grateful for. How long have you been together? Married? Um, 16 years. 16 years. Yeah. Wow. Three kids, how old? Uh, 15, 12, and 10. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. They're in high school now. How two of them are in high school? I guess the other thing I'm most grateful for is my attitude that I got from my mom, which is I'm always happy and I can always make the lemonade. Like I've never gotten, you know, it's hard for some people. They get stuck. Mm-hmm. They're miserable. And they don't realize that gratitude can shift you to happiness. Just doing a gratitude practice every day, you can be an optimist. I'm an optimist, so I appreciate my own optimism because people are like, you, you're just an optimist. You can't do that. I'm like, I've done everything. Right. Okay, so maybe I'm just an optimist, but it works. Mm-hmm. So I guess my attitude. Yeah, I think it's important to have an optimistic attitude. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get things down when you're pessimistic, I think. Right. When you're negative and you're like doubtful and all these things. Um, this is called the three truths question that I ask everyone at the end. So okay. if this is... Uh, you know, a hundred years from now and it's your last day on earth and you've made meditation a global phenomenon. There's studios in every major city, millions of people on your app. And then you went off to do some 20 other big things in the next hundred years. Um, and for whatever reason, everything you've ever created has been erased. It's been gone. And it's your last day. Everyone's there and you have a piece of paper and a pen and you get to write down three final thoughts, your three truths about everything you've learned and experienced that you would pass on as kind of your three lessons on how you think people should live life. What would be your three truths? One, go for it. Two, everything's going to be okay. And three, don't forget to have fun. There you go. Simple. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I ask the final question, uh, where can we get the book? Where can we connect with you online? Are you on social media? Yeah, I actually am the social media person for Unplugged Meditation. So you can get the book at any Barnes & Noble store. It's mm-hmm. in all the airports right now. It's on Amazon. It's an indie bookstore. So it's everywhere. Cool. So that's Or it's at the Unplugged Meditation Studio in Los Angeles, 12401 Wilshire Boulevard. <laughs> um, and obviously, everyone should try to take a class because yeah, it's, it's amazing in there, right? Yeah. Um, and then what was the other question? Sorry. Um, Where can they get the social? Oh, social. So I am Unplug Meditation on Instagram. Um, and I am Susie Aloff Schwartz on Facebook. And I'm also Unplug Meditation on Facebook. Unplug Meditation. Yeah. Cool. I'm Unplug Meditai because I couldn't finish it on, <laughs> at, on Twitter. But I really never do Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So Instagram, right. Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, make sure you guys go get the book. It's called Unplug. Make sure you go pick it up. Go check out a class. Mention uh, when you go to the class that you heard Susie on the School of Greatness and maybe she'll give you a hug or something else for or fun. Or five. Yeah, give you five. There you go. And um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Susie, for taking the risk and for yourself to become a better human being and less stressed and to inspire other people to be calmer, present, loving, gracious human beings and change their life. You're transforming lives by providing this service for people, for creating the information, for creating the classes. It's really inspiring that you took the risk when no one else was willing to create a studio, you did it. So I acknowledge you for for jumping in and, and making it happen. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. The final question is what's your definition of greatness? Um, thinking it and doing it. 
I think that's my definition of greatness. Susie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Les. Appreciate it. It was great. There you have it, greats. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 473. And let me know what you thought. Tag me on Instagram stories or on your Instagram post or on Twitter or on Facebook at Lewis House Everywhere. And also, if you haven't left a review yet, if you want to be considered for the review of the week, go to iTunes.com slash greatness right now. We only get one life. There are many opportunities for your dreams. But if you don't take action every single day and continue to grow and learn and evolve and treat people well, those dreams are never going to happen and you're never going to feel fulfilled. Make sure you're doing the best you can every single day. Be and give your best to your dreams and to others in the world. I love you. I thank you very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.